What are we? What are we doing? Dude, I don't know. Do you need a hug? All right, let's do it. So I was doing some research. It's like therapy for us. You're just easing into not having much time on your hands. And I'm stoked for the journey. What's up, everybody? My name is Brian Boyd. And I am the Zach Kittler. And we are two dads on a mic. That's Coming right, ladies you. and gentlemen. That's what we do. We are two dads. One dad and two dad make two. I'm so good at adding. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, dude. How you doing, man? Oh, man, I am doing awesome. I'm glad to be back on the mic. It has been a minute. I feel like, uh, you know, I've aged. I feel like I've grown. I feel like I've gotten wiser. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've become uh, more of a dad. You know how that goes. Yes, yes. I, I've grown. Uh, my facial hair has grown back because uh, for people that don't know me or have seen photos, I shaved it off. Uh, once every 10 years and that was interesting and that scared me scared my daughter scared everybody around me but uh, it's back yeah and it was it was dirty and clean at the same time if you know what I mean and uh, if you if you have not seen Zach without facial hair uh, I'll tell you what it is a treat and you can go to our Instagram page at two dads on a mic you can see it there uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at two dads the number two dads on a mic Facebook as well check us out on all of the podcast platforms but most importantly anchor because anchor uh, anchors away, right? Anchors away. It, it is just a great platform to listen and distribute all of your new uh, podcasts that you're all releasing out there as well. So please follow us, subscribe to us, like us, shout at us, you know, give us tips. Just, just do the damn thing, people. Agreed, agreed. Show love where it's due, and we do it right back to you. That's right, baby. Hey, man, it's good to be back, buddy. I know. I know. A little rusty, so, like, shake off the cobwebs a little right, bit. Right, right. A little shaky. We had a lot like, going uh, on, man. Yeah, life a- life happens, you know? I, I agree, man. I think that's, you know, with a parenting podcast, that's what you get, man. We're going to have to take time away from each other, as, as sad as it is. Yeah, you're, you're learning more than—I've more than I've, I've learned it. I got three and a half years. You got a couple months— Seven, man. Seven months? Well, think so. I, I was just thinking about oh this. We haven't filmed or we haven't uh, recorded for uh, over, a om- om- over a month, right? So that's we haven't recorded for one seventh of Max life. <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. think about that. You just took it to another level of like, I hate when they do the clothing in months. I don't know why they do it. I do, but I don't. I just don't like it. Like, yeah, 13, 15 months. I'm like, how many years? I'm like, you got to make me count. That is one-seventh of my daughter's life, buddy. That's crazy, man. And you know how much she has developed and grown in that one-seventh? I've seen the photos. It is insane. She's in—yeah, the transition has happened in in that time since last time I saw her. She's crawling. She's talking. Uh, It's like da-da, pa-pa. Football. Football. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not that one yet. Guess what Ari did today? What? She dropped the F-bomb. Oh! What'd you just say? What'd you just say? Ooh. And she um, she looked at us, but we all, even Nana, looked at her at the same time. And when you do that to a child at like two and above, they just start crying for no reason because they know that they did something wrong. So what uh, what, what happened? Uh, she started crying, went into the room, and then we went, just went and talked to her and just explained. And I'm like, I think it's time we can't, we got to stop swearing. Yeah. You know, like, I think it's was funny. Like, we did the past episode for people that are new episode to this. Episode number three. We have uh, swearing with kids. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it cute? I mean, it was for me, but now I think I got to restructure. Yeah. Yeah. So now we, you get into those, uh, you know, you got to think about it. You got to, you know, reflect. You got to uh, go back and, and say, okay, this is what I thought back then. What am I thinking now? Because now it's real. Yeah, it, it's real. So uh, and now I have to drill sergeant, no swearing. 
I drill sergeant everything else. But, but see, no. that's good. That's good to know when I'm here because I don't want to. I don't want to overstep my bounds. Either. I mean, I don't really care. J- Aria has good ground, good soil. You know, like we've laid a lot of good groundwork in her. She knows foundations. Yes, the foundations. Oh yes. Well, with this child, oh, Sancho has taught her well. <laughs> Daniel son. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so uh, today, you know, th- talking about hot topics like swearing around your kids, it's a pretty hot topic. It's hot. It's like it's like potato. Caliente. Uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, just really quick before we jump into the topic, uh, at at Zach and Jess's um, uh, wedding vow party, uh, Zach renewed his vows through his alter ego Sancho. Yeah, Sancho. So, what, San, Sancho, Sancho, and I'll tell you what, man, it was it was a tearjerker. We're gonna put it up online. I think my, I think I was actually crying tequila. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I did my vows, and then part of it was uh, Sancho, my alter ego's advice on love. Yeah, and the best one was um, what was the one about uh, love is like a fart. If you have to push, it's probably shit. <laughs> Favorite one, dude. Favorite one. That's a good. That's a good dad joke that's, too. That's just a great line. It is. That is a great line. It just sums up marriage or or life, <laughs> it, everything. Seriously. Yeah, you could literally put it with everything. And your job, whatever. If you say that and it applies, then he's probably shit. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, you know, those hot topics, we got one for you today, people, and it's a controversial topic. Uh, and it's something that's really happening in our world today with um, current events. And we're going to be talking about mass shootings and we're going to be talking about kids and when and how do you have those conversations with your kids when events like this take place in society. Dude, it's it's crazy. Everybody know we're surrounded by it. I don't pay attention to the news that much, but this just finds its way into our Instagram feeds, our Facebook feeds, and it's something that does have to get talked about. And the stuff that we've come across from articles to what they're doing in schools, I mean, it blows my mind reading about this topic, and we're about to talk about it, of just what people and schools are doing. Right. What are they doing? Right. So, you know, as we as we thought as we thought about this and we started talking about it together, we did a little bit of research and, um, you know, like we always like to do, we come across articles and uh, uh, find different things that speak to us. And there was a really great article on today.com. You know what really got me about this article, too, is there's an editor's note right at the beginning. The, the title of the article is How to Talk to Children About Shootings, an Age by Age Guide. It's written by Megan Holohan, who is a, a journalist. Uh, and on the article, at the very beginning, there's an editor's note. And the editor's note says this. This story was first published on June 13th, 2016. Since then, as mass shootings occur, we have updated it and republished it far too many times. That's crazy. Yeah, that's scary. Right. And that, that, I'm reading it. That means there's been that many shootings since 2016. Right. Right. And the uh, updated version was just recently updated on November 8th of this year. So just a few days ago. And I I think that that uh, just speaks to how uh, prevalent this is in our world today. And it brings me back. I'm going to before we jump into this um, article and and discussing this age by age guide, uh, you know, it brings me back to my upbringing. And when I was a senior in high school, Columbine happened. True. And I'll, I will never forget. I, I went home after school. I had a soccer game that day. We were playing, uh, played soccer for my high school 
soccer team, and we had a soccer day, game that day, so I had to go home uh, from school uh, to get my soccer gear, and it was a traveling game, so we didn't need to be back to the school until 4 o'clock uh, to... Um, uh, to get on the bus and I went home at, at like two, uh, cause I usually like to go home and I'd have like a small bowl of pasta or something, you know, to get me ready for the game. And dinners, dude, I turned on the TV and it had, it was, it was happening. It was happening. The shooters were still there. Uh, they were getting kids out of the school. I think it was earlier in the day when it happened, but I hadn't, th- they didn't come on the school and talk about it. That's what started the whole. Right. I mean, for me, it did. Yeah. I don't remember anything prior to that. That was like the 9-11 of school shootings. Right. That's right. what began like the terrorist world, but it was kids and shooting. Yeah. And it in was, the, I mean, it was big time. Right. So it was kids in their own school. If you don't know the whole Columbine thing, two two kids uh, uh, at the school went in mass shooting, uh, just an arsenal of weaponry. And I will never forget. I was glued to my TV and I knew I had to get going to the uh, to the school and I got back to the school and I got on the bus and it was it was a bus ride uh, up to the game was quiet. Uh, and everybody knew what was going on, but no one talked about it. And our coach didn't. I thought it was a. I look back on it now, and for me, what a great opportunity that would have been for our soccer coach to have a conversation with us. Because I think we ended up losing that soccer game by like four goals. Is it because you're just looking over your shoulder every other second after you're playing? I, like, is there going to be a gun? Well, at first I was surprised they didn't cancel the game. True. Um, even though it didn't affect our schools, right? But, you know, just kind of that mentality. But I think what it was is, you know, we were away from our school. Uh, we were not, uh, we hadn't been around our parents all day. Uh, we hadn't talked to anybody about it. I, I just think it was on the back of our minds. And we didn't talk about it on the bus ride up. I remember that. I had my headphones in almost the whole time. And I, th- I think about this topic now and I think, wow, what a missed opportunity. What a missed um, chance to really have an impact when an impact could be had. Yeah, and that that plays a part right now. How we've always talked about all of our episodes, how we're going to parent our child. We're going to be we're going to be that soccer coach. We're going to be anytime I see an opportunity for teaching, I grab it. I will take a deep. I will take away time if I need to implement, um, you know, rules to something. I'll take that time because it's the time to do it. Um, but then also, you know, have have schools now changed into, you know, I'm curious, like our soccer coaches now, if something happens now talking about that, because um, you can get crafty, you can work that into how a team is a team or whatever it may be. But like, I'm guessing, you know, I'm not in school anymore that it has changed immensely. Yeah. And you know, the schools are doing a lot of things around this stuff. Um, whether I think what they're doing is right or wrong. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I want to dive into this article a little bit. Um, but what it also made me think of is, you know, I when I came home from my soccer game that day uh, and that night, uh, the next day, because it was still a hot topic on TV for oh, yeah. weeks, oh, yeah. weeks, and maybe even months. I don't ever recall having a conversation with my parents about it. No, I don't. I, I didn't either. There was nothing, 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 not even. Hey, did you see the news? No. I mean, but then again, there may have been. I just didn't. I think, but I think, I think if you would, I think if your parents would have had a conversation with you or someone, it probably would have, you probably would remember it because it was such an impactful thing. Like I remember that day, like I remember Mm nine-eleven, right? And that day happened before nine-eleven. Yeah, I don't. I mean, but then it goes back to parenting for me too, is like, I don't see anything that like, oh, I wish they would have, or I would have been a different kid now if they haven't. Again, going back to like laying the ground rules as an early age to whatever of just teaching, you know, here and there. But yeah, it's. I don't remember as much as 9-11. 9-11, I remember. Yeah. Big time. So I think for me, the reason I remember is because I, I was I was of that age. You know, you were too. But for me, it resonated like, wow, I can't believe 
that there are kids out there my age that are even thinking this way. I mean, let's be real. I grew up in Salt Lake City, right? I mean, a pretty sheltered environment. Oh, yeah. This oh, was yeah. one of those things that I was like, wow, this stuff, not only is this stuff going on, but this stuff is, uh, this this could happen. And Columbine was, a, it's in a pretty affluent neighborhood, a suburb of Denver. We're not talking like it's in the ghetto. It's, it is in a very affluent area of, of Denver, Colorado. So it, it resonated with me. My high school was in a, you know, semi-affluent area and, and it really was like, damn, this could happen. Why did, what, what did they come across of like, why do they think this happened? Or it was psychologically something I'm guessing. I don't remember the whole outcome of, you know, they always pin something, they pinned something on something. It was, right? it was bullying. bullying. I, 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 that was basically what it came down to. You know, these kids, the trench coat mafia, remember? Oh, That's yeah. what they were you know what I saw that? I uh, remember because right right when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, I, used, I think I wore that same trench coat back in, like, junior high for crisscross. I used to wear my, my overalls backwards, and I had – there was this bl- – You had a cross colors trench coat? I was just going to say, do you remember cross colors? It was the black cross colors trench coat. No I way. had it. Wow. And Were you, like, a member of OPP? Dude, I was I was deep in the hip-hop game, dude. Hence, I'm a DJ, man. I started That's young. Awesome. I started young. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, one of the things that stems from that, of course, is, well, when do you start talking about it? I'm not talking about my kid. My kid's six years old. My kid's eight years old. My kid's ten years old. I'm not talking. My kid's four years old. I'm not talking to them about that. Like, so let's talk about that. What do you think, Zach? You know, Ari wh- is three. When, I mean, right now, we use squirt guns. We have slingshots. I have a BB gun, but I don't show it to her because she's not yet going to be understanding the, the, she actually, she, she's close. Actually, if I taught her about like, these are, you know, this is a gun. You don't know, you know, I could probably start to do that. But when do I start telling her in the news? Like, Hey, there's a shooting. Do you understand that? What do you think about that? And I don't know. I mean, I think that'll evolve. And as long as I keep my eye on the, the topic and when it comes up to just address it. Yeah. And so to your point, there was a piece, uh, there was a doctor that they interviewed for this article, and, and the doctor is uh, Deborah Gilboa, and she says, this is her opinion, and she says that uh, if it doesn't directly affect your family, kids under eight do not need to hear about this. But then she also goes on to say that um, parents should talk to their younger children about mass shootings if they are at risk of hearing it from others. So... I think about that and, and I reflect on that and we're in such a different world today than when I was even in high school, right? So I learned about it on TV. I learned about it on what CNN or something, whatever it was, NBC. I guarantee you if that were happening today, I would have learned about it the second that it happened because it would have been all over social media. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, the day has changed. So much stuff has changed from you know, people blame like, oh, it's video games. That's why they're shooting things. I mean, we didn't have these video games that, that they had. So, so many things play a part. But, yeah, we would hear about it right away. Whereas back then, it's uh, if you watch the news. Yeah. And, and if you don't, then your teachers may not bring it up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and what a disservice, in my opinion, that, that they would be doing. So, uh, going back to, you know, when do you start talking? About I do like her advice that she says – uh, you should talk to your younger children about mass shootings if they are at risk of hearing it from others. But I think, I think that children are getting younger, at, and are being at risk, right, at a younger age than what we thought possible. Um, and also, schools are now doing active shooter trainings. You know, so you've got some schools, elementary schools, that have preschools in them. So you've got three and four year olds at these schools that have to do active shooter trainings. And I'll tell you what, you've got it. 
you, you have a responsibility as a parent to make sure that your child in a situation like that behaves. Because if that teacher uh, is trying to train them to be um, to listen and to follow directions during a drill like that, because it could really happen, people. The likelihood is low, but it could happen. And they're not paying attention and they're joking around because they think it's funny and fun and games. They're putting other kids' lives at risk and they're putting their teachers' lives at risk as well. Yeah. And so as an adult, as a parent, you have a responsibility to – you, you, you can't argue with it. You have to go with it because the number one job of a teacher and a school is to keep kids safe. That's it. More than learning, more than anything else is if you do not have a safe environment, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're not psychologically safe, you cannot do anything else to progress in life. That's, I mean, I hear that like, so they're most, they're supposed to keep them safe. And what else? psychologically safe before anything else can happen. Yeah. Think about that. If a kid goes to school and they don't feel safe, mm -hmm. they're not going to learn. They're not because they're going to be so worried about the things around them and their environment that's that so they're not going to be able to that's learn. That's tough though. I mean, like think of all the schools in different areas, different, you know, demographics. I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, that's on the teachers. Yeah. But then it goes further up to the principal. Then it goes further up to like, Hey, well, we're shit out of luck because they don't have enough money to, do any of this stuff right so it just where do you where do you start that's like free one and then able to you know resonate to all the kids at that age because i mean at eight years or eight years old it's still tough to like ground a kid hey listen yeah where it's not a game like oh this is like assassin's creed kind of thing right cool i'm gonna go roll over here and duck behind right. and all my fake gun when the real guy comes and i got him yeah so it's and you know that's where their brains at. it's almost like because I don't know how often they do them, but it's almost like it has to be so repetitive, but it sucks we have to do it. But I think it's like one of those things, if you haven't adapted to social media yet, wake up, you need to. It's the same thing probably with guns. Like, I think they need to be repetitive teaching them with it if they're going to go this path. Yeah. It can't be once every three months. I mean, because... Well, and you have to, like you said, you're, you better be adapting as a school to this stuff, right? I, I wonder what the drill is like. Because, of course, they have to say there's going to be a fake drill today. Because if they don't, and it's like a... Uh, we used to have tornado drills. Like, they would just yeah, or fire put the siren, siren on. Mm -hmm. I think it's got to be like, you got to let them know. Because if not, oh, you, you'd lose it. I mean, right. the kids that know, they, <laughs> I would probably... What would you do if there was a mass shooting and you were eight years old? Or what, what would you teach? What would, what would be the number one thing? I don't know what they would teach, but I think I would tell Aria to go put yourself in your locker and shut up. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. Well, elementary schools don't have lockers, though. No way. Dude, my elementary school didn't have a locker. I don't remember if I did. No. No, we had cubby holes. No, yeah, cubbies are So high hooks. school, go lock yourself in a locker. Right, right. Until you see, until you hear someone walking on the hall. So safe. what they focus on are lockdown, right? They focus on lockdown drill procedures. So lockdown is like, so... Uh, you basically, uh, if there's a lockdown, there's a special code that's announced over the PA usually. Um, it's, there's not an alarm usually because they don't like to alert the intruder uh, of those types of things. Like they say a special code over the, the PA system. It's got like a, a code word. And then what that means is the teachers then lock their doors and everybody huddles usually in the corner of a room that is away from any door or window that the intruder can't see. If you have a closet, you're supposed to get in the closet. So I'm guessing all doors have been now coded to you can't break in anymore. Cause like, there oh, were, no, cla I there doubt were classrooms that. that we grew up in, like, 
you could probably just rip open. Oh, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like the, but that's the balsa wood door. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's like even in your supermarket and someone's stealing. They're like, uh, check out cone four on aisle four. Yeah. Like, oh, someone's stealing something. Exactly. I, uh, that's uh, I like that. That's good. I mean, I it, it's you have to adapt. It's it's happening more and more now. So you, schools have to and. But I don't know when I would start talking to, to Ari about it. I mean, so so let's talk about that for yeah. a second, right? So this article goes into, you know, talking about it. And, and so more so, you know, what is it that you talk about with people at certain levels? So the, the first thing it says, and I love this, is first you have to pr- pr- process your own emotional response, right? So don't get emotional with it when you're having a conversation with your kid. Don't be crying. Uh, don't be angry. Your first reaction of the situation should be away from your child. Your first reaction of seeing it shouldn't be in front of your child. So if like you turn on the TV and you're seeing something that's going to make you react emotionally and your kid is with you, like go away for a second. Mm-hmm. Compose yourself, right? Because your children are going to react to your reaction. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. And so she says with the preschool kindergarten uh, in this article says that she recommends a one sentence story. Uh, So you have to figure out before you talk to them, like what story you want them to tell themselves. So the recommendation is that parents keep their story simple. Right. And it should reinforce your parents' beliefs. So maybe they want uh, their children to know that there was a bad man and that that bad man hurt people. Maybe they want to uh, let someone let them know that someone uh, with a serious illness felt angry and hurt people Um, and and just keep it very simple and focused on one one sentence. And then it could also be a, a point to change the conversation and then start to focus. And I really like this. Start to focus on the positives like, you know, there were some heroes There were people that were brave. There were people that were smart. They were in control. They weren't running around screaming, right? So now you're, it's a teachable moment. It's just not talking about all the negative things like the media likes to do, right? Now as a parent, you're having a chance to talk about like the, the, you know, quote unquote success of the story. Yeah. You almost, well, if they're going to teach in schools, they almost, you can go further and be like, Hey, there's a YouTube video link here in the in the in the school email. It's it's the principal talking or someone who knows what they're doing, um, and then saying what you just said. Here's what we advise if you guys come across this. Yeah, I mean, I I love what you're saying right there because I think there's if if they're not doing this, they they should be doing this. There, there's a missed opportunity. They need to involve the parents in in these trainings because as well. Because a lot of the parents, I mean, would probably just think, well, I'm an adult. I know how to handle it because I've handled it before. But when it's your kid, it's another teaching. It's another thing. Like, it never ends with raising a child. And right. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old. I already know that. It's instilled. It's never going to end. And you're going to have new uh, categories that get brought up right. to how do you teach them. Yeah, you know, because in, in hindsight, with that as well, Zach, you know, a lot of parents drop their kids off at school at the elementary level. Like, they're already there. There's that's that's where you have the most parent participation in schools like you have room moms. You don't have that crap in high school. No parent goes and and cuts die cuts for their high school teacher. But at the elementary level, when I was a teacher, there was rarely a day when I didn't have a parent in my classroom. Yeah, true. I almost think like at parent teacher conferences or assembly something where you have all the masses there because emails are emails and people don't check them all the time. But they need to create a parent side of things. On top of whatever they're teaching the kids, they need, they need to create a parent category. Right. So, and advise and, and educate them too, or just help. 
Yeah. And so at the, at the elementary school level, uh, you know, what this uh, is suggested is that, you know, you need to be more aware that your child is probably going to ask a lot more interrogative questions. Right. And then as a parent, you have to decide how are you going to respond to those? And so uh, one thing that is stressed is is probably don't uh, show your child pictures, right? You don't need to get them fully immersed into everything that's happening. Um, but, uh, you know, show them pictures cause they're probably going to see the negative pictures, even at the elementary level. I right. Mean, I've got a, my, my nephew's 12 and he's got an iPhone. If your kid has access to the internet and watches YouTube, yeah, and they have a feed. Their fingers just click things, and who knows? Everybody's been there that has a kid that's eight. It's like, what are you watching? Yeah. How did you get there? You know you didn't search it. So it's like it popped up on a feed somehow, and it probably was something to do with he's under your account, and you were searching something. Like, there's so many things people I don't think about. So you got to be careful. So they, she says that what you should do is really focus on at that age is focus on positive photos. If you can show positive photos, you know, I think about nine 11 and I think about some of the most impactful photos that I've seen from nine 11 and they're not the photos of the planes, um, crashing into the buildings. They're the photos of the firefighters that are actually digging through rubble. The photo of the American flag that is like flying in midst of, uh, a, 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 a cloud of, shambles you know those are the photos that impact me and, and make me believe that out of everything that there uh, that is a negative you can find positive in it and i think that that's such a great thing to do for a child because it's such an impactful time in in, in their life yeah i mean uh, agree 100 percent. i think that's just how we were raised and who we are that we i always look for the good out of anything because you know, and but I'm thankful. Why not? Right. Exactly. You're going to think of one. So right. I choose good. I, I choose happy. totally agree with you. I'm right there with you, my always, man. Always, always. Uh, OK, now it gets into the, the, the next level. Right. So now we're talking like tweens and teenagers. Dude, that's because that's where like video games come into play and just rebellion of kids. And this is where the tr a lot another stage of parenting, I feel, comes into play where you really got to hone down and you know you the hardest to, probably yeah you don't have to have like the best connection with your kid but you your kid needs to know that they trust you they your advice they give they listen rather than just like f you ma or you know like they feel safe with you i'm not looking f i mean i'm looking forward to it all but it's like it's gonna be interesting because i think now like oh yeah she's gonna be great like she's gonna be good she's gonna be grown you know raised good but who knows i mean who knows but i'm my my eye is always on everything and and, and observing yeah yeah, so at this level, at that tween uh, level, that's like what 10, 11, 12, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it says that this is the this is the level where you should start the conversation with them, and you should ask them if they've heard about the latest shooting. And I really, I like that. I think it's a great piece of advice. I feel like you, I couldn't talk to Ari about it unless she's seen something, though. Like, there's no like, hey, we're gonna bring up a subject because it's gotta be really at that age. I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel I like mean, they're like it, little it, adults. I feel like it's giving them. Well, you could just bring up your video game that you're playing. There's got to be some scene in there that they they just shot up a whole town in whatever shooting game they're playing if they are playing it. But you got to kind of give them a little context a little bit, because if you just start talking about it, they are like, OK. And I don't know where their brains are at then and how um, imagine imagination they are of. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, my school. But if they know or they've seen something, not to, you know, something bad or, or people getting shot, but just, I don't know. That's what I think right now. It definitely could change. But Well, I think to this author's point is that it's kind of like a pretest. Mm -hmm. You ask them, hey, have you heard about this? And if they're like, no, 
Gotcha. Then you just kind of like. Okay. I got you. So you're saying from what they said before, if it doesn't get brought up, that you don't really need to address it that much. Well, I think what she's saying at this level is bring it up. Mm-hmm. Don't ignore it because they're not going to bring it up to you. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, hey, Aria. Aria's 10, right? Aria's 11. Hey, Aria, did you hear about that uh, that shooting on the news? And if she's like, no, and she's coloring, then yeah. you can you don't need to continue the conversation there because you know, like they said earlier in the, if, if it hasn't affected them now, that's not saying that you can't and you shouldn't. It's just saying that that's a good way to assess whether or not that they've heard about it and and where they're at with it. Right. Yeah. I I just think I'm always going to keep my eye out for the opportunity to address something. So it could be a shooting. It could be, uh, talking about sex. It could be, you know, we just watched a movie and some, you know, I could, I could see her like kind of reacting a weird way to something. I would wait till it's done. And let's say we're at that night hanging out somewhere. And I know I got like 10 minutes. I'm like, I would bring it up because it's fresh in her brain. Right. That's how I think I'm going to continue to like parent. Yeah. I think, um, for me, it's, I just look at all of these as opportunities with my child. And I hope that those of you out there listening are, are as well. Um, because like I, we just said, any, any good can come from bad. Right. And I, I just find these conversations that I feel like I'm, they're going to be so awesome with Mac. I'm just, I'm excited about them. It's, it's, it's like when I have a conversation with an employee that I know is going to help them grow, it's always tough at first to have that conversation, but when you reflect back on it and you know, they reflect back on it and then you see them grow. There's no greater feeling. Yeah, I agree. And I would have students in my class where I'd have the same thing, right? I'd have these kids that would be brought into my class, and I would hear from the teachers the year before, be like, oh, you have so-and-so, good luck. For me, that was like challenge. That was like, I'm going to show you because I'm not going to have that mindset with this child. I'm going to change the way this child is perceived because I'm going to have amazing, honest conversations with them. And I'm going to be able to guide them and direct them into the place and the person that they want to become. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's all about for me is just connecting with the, the, the child. That's it. And as long as they respect you and in what you say i mean you're gonna go through hurdles and like them hating me or you know aria but as long as you instill that early on i i don't think i'm gonna have a problem at all i don't no. think you will either you're, you're not the type of dad that would shy away from something like no. that and i think now that you're and I, me too as we talk about this and we kind of reflect on it even more as we're talking i can i can even see that like strengthening within us mm-hmm. you know oh, what yeah. i mean so at, at the teenager level right so now we're talking like 13 to 18 uh this is a level where you're really getting into more in-depth thought because they're starting to understand the realities of well, the someone getting shot, yeah. right? Someone getting hurt, someone getting killed. You may have a you may have a uh, a child at 16 years old that has already had a friend that has been killed, either by a suicide, by a car accident, uh, multiple things. So it could really resonate with them at this level as well. And so, uh, and one thing that teenagers are looking for is kind of that hypocrisy and solutions, uh, because one thing that our upcoming generations really believe in is like collaboration, social justice norms, like, uh, uh, equality and, and equity. And so they're going to ask, um, things like, well, what are you doing about it, mom? <laughs> Man. What are you, what what are we gonna do about this? What what are you gonna do about this? And you know what? You can always you can always ask them. Well, what are you gonna do about it? 
True. Get them to start thinking on that higher level. True. No. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm just like recapping my high school years of, of you know, again, going back to it was never brought, none of this stuff was ever brought up. Right. So I wonder what they are doing now and we are going to do in the future. Cause like we'd have homeroom for like 20 minutes or a half hour every day. You know, I'm like, that's the best time in the world. The beginning of the day, like, is this open dialogue? You treat like a therapy session. Right. Who wants to get something off their chest, whatever it may be. But at that age, you're also like, kind of uh, shy and whatever. But I think if you set that precedent as yeah. they're growing up, I don't think it would be awkward. Well, that's up to teachers too because all the teachers that we all like, they were the coolest. Totally. You know, I still go out and, you know, I'll have a beer with one of my teachers, my high school teachers that when I go home to Minnesota, but that's that's on the teachers. That's so any teachers listening, that's on you. You want to you want to make a difference, connect with your kids. Yep. It that's is a big it, thing. It is all about connecting with them and uh, and one thing that it really emphasizes and the last thing I wanted to talk about in regards to this article is uh, teaching teenagers to work toward change well, will help them be resilient. Um, so the stress is that parents need to listen to their kids' feelings and then display empathy. Say, I understand how you're feeling. What can we do to change that? And if you don't, find, you know, figure, figure a way to understand them. Right. Because that's the whole thing of everything. If your, your kid knows, if the older they get, they know fake so if you're just saying whatever and you're not having a good connection with your kid, it's n- just do it early. Yeah, because it's not going to resonate with just them. Work it's, it's not every day matter. on it. Whew. I know. Man. <laughs> Dang. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great topic, man. Yeah, I, I appreciated uh, you being open and willing to talk about this. When okay. I pr- first presented this to Zach, I didn't know if he'd be like, ah. Oh, I talk about anything. Ah, I, I love it. Th- there's no topic that I won't talk about, I don't think. Period party? Period problem, man. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I don't know. Maybe when she gets older. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, hanging out with us. Remember, you can find our content uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the number two dads on a mic. Check us out on all of our podcast platforms, especially Anchor. And just as a reminder, talk to your kids because you can impact them today. Yep. And start early. My name is Brian Boyd. And I am the Zach Kittler. And we are two dads on a mic. And we out.